Happy Holidays! This is your path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely no Grinches allowed. Forget what you think you know about church and Christmas. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God. May God tell you the truth of your word. The first Advent candle is purple and symbolizes hope. Also known as a prophecy candle in memory of the prophets, particularly Isaiah, who prophesied the birth of Christ. It symbolizes the anticipation felt in waiting the coming Messiah. The color purple is often associated with this candle. Purple is a liturgical color that symbolizes penance, preparation, and royalty. It serves as a reminder of the need for repentance and readiness for the coming of the Messiah, who is the King of Kings. The lighting of the hope candle in the Advent wreath is an opportunity for individuals and families to reflect on the concept of hope in their own lives. It is a time to consider the hope found in the promise of salvation through Jesus and how that hope can bring joy and comfort during challenging times. Oops. candle of this Advent wreath. We open our hearts in hope. May the light of this candle remind us remind us of the hope we have in you. May it inspire us to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, our hope and Savior.
suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be fallen from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds, coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather the elect from the four winds and the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is, that he is near uh, uh, at, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. What I say to you, I say, I say to all, keep awake. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. Okay, be seated. First, I'll say good afternoon to you. But I'll also say happy new year to you. Good me, I'm up again. Happy new year. Today is the, today is the first. The first day of, of the church year. We're now in, uh, in from the Rise Con Con the Western Year, now in year B. So we're in year A for a year. Now we're in year B, so year. It's not, not January. We do, this, we do this every year at this time. We begin the Lent. The first, the first Sunday of Lent. Yeah. Of Advent. We have Advent. My bad. My Advent. Uh, we have we have our, our New Year's. So, every year. Let's talk about the end of the world. College students today have it easy. Have you ever, you ever watch students today register uh, for class? The way they do it is to go to the computer, get on the internet, and in five minutes they register registered for all their upcoming classes. Now, back in my day, we had to stand in line and wait. And this was not a small line. On the day of registration, we couldn't be at home in front of a computer. We had to physically go to be on the college campus. We would get to the administration building very early, and take a place in the line. The line would stretch from the entrance of the door around the building. Some students would take books to read. Some took chess boards. A few wise uh, and learned students took folding chairs. Slowly, inch by inch, the line would creep along until at last you would enter the doors of the administration building, only to find that there were, <laughs> there were more lines. <laughs> a line for student loans. 
a line to pay last year's delinquent bills, a line to get a dormitory assignment, a line to register for each class. One year, the pre-med students of an unnamed school decided to make a comment about those long lines. They broke into the science building and went into the biology lab where they stole something. They went and had a, a, to the store and had a t-shirt specially printed up. They placed these items at the front door of the administration building so that when the registration process would begin and a college official opened the door, the first thing the college official saw was that item as in stolen from the science building, a human skeleton wearing a newly printed t-shirt with the words Class of 1901. I get it. Thanks to the internet. Now everything has changed for students registering for college classes. Don't worry. The world is still full of long lines. There's still long lines at the bank, long lines at the checkout line of the grocery stores, long lines of traffic at the stoplight. By and large, we are a part of a society that hates to wait. Let's not wait for the bank to open tomorrow morning. Let's go to the ATM today. Use our plastic card, punch in our personal identification number, and withdraw the cash today. Let's not wait to 10 minutes to brew the coffee. Let's seek a cup in the microwave and get some instant coffee in seconds. Now, even though most of us do not like to wait, and while most of us submit to having to wait only, a, uh, only with a lot of impatience, I suspect that it is also true that there are different ways in which we can wait. In fact, much as, as much as we like, first we dislike waiting in general. Sometimes waiting is not such a bad experience. In fact, waiting in expectation might very well energize us. Hopefully. <coughs> we, <laughs> we've all known, in small ways, the energy an eagerly anticipated future can give to our actions in the present. The expect, expected parents who find joy in what would otherwise be a, a, a toil Assembling the nurse, assembling the crib, painting the nursery, practicing the pushing and breathing. Or take the residents of a town who eagerly wait for the visit of a famous celebrity or dignitary. The lawns are mowed, the sidewalks are swept, the cracked windows are repaired at City Hall, the colorful banners are stretched between telephone poles on Main Street as they prepare to welcome someone important to their town. Christmas itself has that kind of power. People break crowds at the mall and face up to edgy store clerks. Gifts are carefully chosen. Packages are wrapped, ceramic uh, nativity scenes are dusted and set in place, piece by piece. Every action has meaning because people are waiting, expectantly. The sadness of our waiting is when we lose the excitement of anticipation to the dreariness of apathy. We've all known the sense of loss and disappointment over a hoped-for future that does not come quickly. The husband and wife who try to conceive a child in vain, or again, Plans are changed and the celebrity travels by another route, bypassing the town, leaving the once festive banner to droop in the rain. Even Christmas has its own measure of disappointment. The packages are opened, the gifts admired and put away, the tree comes down, the shepherds and the angels are stored for another year, and the long-awaited day passes with a sense that nothing has happened. We have waited and waited, and nothing has happened. And the way we leave the way we have waited is with apathy. In our gospel lesson, the church is told to wait and to watch, for something important is about to happen. Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. And so, that first century church is able to stand on their tiptoes and watch the horizon of time in anticipation, waiting to see the, the dawn of a new day when there will be justice, when the crime will be eradicated, when the poor and oppressed will be freed, when the hungry will be fed and the sick healed. 
And then came the 2nd century, and the standing on tiptoes of education became more tiring. And then came the 3rd century, and the 4th, and the 5th, and the 6th, and one down the centuries until now we find ourselves in the 21st century. It's hard to wait. After 2,000 years, it is difficult to still stand on tiptoes waiting for the kingdom. And the sadness in waiting is that sometimes we lose the excitement of anticipation because dreariness of apathy. The young man was teaching a group of second graders in a Sunday school class. It occurred to him that it might be good to encourage those who would, uh, who, who would to memorize the key verse of scripture each week. Now, one week, the key verse of scripture for the lesson came from Mark's Gospel, the part we read a few moments ago. So watch, for you don't know when the Son of Man will come. Now, one of the children memorized it and repeated it to the young man's perfection. Well, almost perfection. What he actually did was to miss one word, replacing the word watch for the word what. So what he said came out like this. So what? You don't know when the Son of Man will come. An amusing mistake, but it was a revealing one. You see, that is the approach many of us have toward the return of Christ and the anticipation of the kingdom being established on earth. So what? You don't know what will happen. So what? You see, it's not only important that we know that someday Jesus will return, but that also someday the kingdom will be established. It is also important that we know how to wait. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus tells the disciples to wait and watch for the coming of the kingdom. In the chapters that follow Mark's Gospel, it becomes obvious that the disciples know absolutely nothing about how to wait and watch. What is wrong with the disciples in these chapters is that they don't understand that the way one waits for what God is doing in the future, out there, is to respond to things that God is doing in the present, the here and now. In our Gospel lesson, Mark says that the Son of Man might come at evening, at, at midnight, at cock crow, or in the morning. Now, Look at how Mark weaves his threads back to those times as he progresses in the last few chapters of his book. In our lesson, Mark says that the Son of Man might come at evening. And in the very next chapter, Mark says, when it was evening, Jesus ate his last meal and announced, one of you will betray me. In our lesson, Mark says that the Son of Man might come at midnight. And further in Mark's book, the Gospel says that later that night, when the disciples went to Gethsemane, and while Jesus prayed, they slept. In the words of Jesus, could they not have watched one hour? Couldn't they have waited up with him a little longer? In our lesson, Mark says that the Son of Man might come at cockcrow. And later in Mark's Gospel, there's Peter denying his Lord not once, but three times. And in the distance is heard the cockcrowing. In our lesson, Mark says that the Son of Man might come at morning. And later in Mark's Gospel, we read that as it was morning, Jesus was bound and led away to trial and crucifixion. Morning, cockcrow, evening, midnight. The four times here are the four watches in that culture. It seems to me that what is being raised here is the fact that every watch, shift, hour, moment, we need to be watchful. Because while the kingdom and the second coming of Christ are still over the horizon, there are things continually happening now in this watch, in this shift, in this hour, things that challenge us as disciples. God may be at work in the distant future, but he is also at work today, in every hour, moment, shift, and watch. Watching then is more than waiting. It is an active sort of waiting. 
in which one is continually looking out to the horizon, waiting for the kingdom to come, and at the same time, dealing with the challenges of the present. What is wrong with disciples in Mark's gospel is that they, they never realize that the way to wait for the future kingdom is to realize that while God is at work out there in the future, he's also at work right here and now. And where there's a future kingdom of God out there, God is also at work here and now. And there are things that are happening now that call us to respond as time disciples of Jesus Christ. As Mark writes in his gospel book, he has looked at the story of Jesus and realized that every moment of the passing day is already alive with the promise of God's future. As the church strains its sight toward the horizon of the coming kingdom, it also hears the ticking of the clock on the wall and knows that each passing minute is filled with the potential for faith or denial, for decision or tragedy, for hope or despair. Those who trust in the, promise, in the promise of God's coming kingdom are also able to see advanced signs of its coming all around them. Advent is a season of waiting. We wait to celebrate the birth of Christ. We wait to celebrate and remember his first coming. We also wait in anticipation of his second coming, when he will return to earth and establish peace and justice in his kingdom. We wait. And that is something we are not good at. While we wait, we need to be at work. We don't just wait for peace. We work for it here and now. We don't just wait for justice. We work for it here and now. For the time of waiting, life is full of opportunities. So therefore, Jesus says to us, So watch, for you don't know when the Son of Man will come. Amen. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. Here we go. Pray at DallasRealCity.com. Pray at DallasRealCity.com. You heard the prayer. That's where you're going to send that to that email address. Pray at DallasRealCity.com or you can go to DallasRealCity.com and click on prayer requests. Very simple. We pray every day here at Dallas, Dallas University Black Church. As we pray to be anonymous, we have to be said during our daily prayers or said during our prayers on Sundays with the entire congregation. Just give us an email. Pray at DallasRealCity.com or DallasRealCity.com and click on prayer requests. Compliment <coughs> concerns to district plan. Very simple, folks. If you have one of those, you're going to use one of these things. It's an email address there, feedback at DallasRealC.com, or go to DallasRealC.com and click on to contact us. Uh, just write it out right there, comment, concern, suggestion, thanks for listening. Always very, very important. We want to hear from you. Right there at DallasRealC.com, click on contact us.
Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Guys. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't buy all the toilet paper. Okay, look. It's a little goofy. Mm -hmm. But why do we take the time every Sunday to talk about washing your hands? Why do we do that? Why? So that way we don't get sick. Nobody gets sick. Because so many people in this world don't wash their hands. And what do we do with our hands? Everything. Right, Don? Pick your nose, your butt. Pick your nose, your butt. You know, I don't like picking other people's noses and butts. I'm sorry. I, I, like, you know, yeah, I don't like keeping my own. So I wash my hands all the time. Right? You shut the doorknob. You don't know who shuts that doorknob. Where their hands have been. Because out of your mouth. Okay. <laughs> you pet the dogs, you wash your hands. You eat, you wash your hands. You, 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 done, you, you start to eat, you wash your hands. You're outside, come back in, you wash your hands. Look, folks, it takes 20 seconds of washing your hands with soap and water. 20 seconds, almost as long as that video. Soap and water to get rid of the disease like the coronavirus, the common cold, the flu, that are all in your hands. If we all wash our hands like we're supposed to, none of us will be sick most of the time. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. All right, wash your hands, folks. If you can't make a difference, we are a church of all volunteers here at Dallas Reach Life Church. Nobody here takes a salary, only myself, and we rely totally on the ties of our community, uh, members here, and of uh, some generous donations people out there in podcast world, YouTube land, and, and the world. And we can always use your help. Please go to DallasHealthy.com and consider making a donation to Dallas Reach Life Church. If you think that, if you think that, what we <laughs> one second. <laughs> something on the list there. <laughs> if you believe that the message we're trying to get out there of an all-inclusive, all-loving, all-forgiving God is important as we do in teaching the world what the true, the true meaning of Christianity is, then please consider making donations to God's Word Church. It's the only way we keep our doors open. And um, I know it's tough for everybody right now, but it's, it's, it's tough for us as well. And this message is so important that we've sacrificed our lives here to get it out there and we ask your help in doing the same. So please go to DallasRoachie.com and click on the link. Alright. Now, I always get Christian, Christian, Christian. I love the church. I want to pay, I want to help, I want to do what I do. So, I'm not going to show you So, I'm? Yeah, so good? Yeah, so good. We've some microphone problems lately, as you'll probably notice in the recording, so we're trying to get in there and just it happens, folks. Okay. Alright, so um, what I was saying was, yeah, you know, I made one. They want to help too. People always want to help. They come to me and say, I want to help. I want to help the church, but I don't have any money. I'm broke. <laughs> Guess what? I'm broke too. But you do what I do. You do what all of us do. Just come donate. Your time is your money. And you can tie by donations. A lot of us do. Um, just go to dallasfishy.com and, and click on the button for volunteer. There you'll find a list of the volunteers we have available. If you don't like something, it's okay. Come on. And we've always got something to do. There are never enough hours in the day for us to get everything done here, and there's always something left undone. You can always use the help. So please consider donating your time to DallasRealC.com and volunteer. Okay. Okay, folks. We're going to do that this before service today. Let me ask y'all. Are y'all going to participate in the Secret Canada? Mm-hmm. All three of us are going to do it. So after service today, stop for a second, okay? Well, we'll do the, the number, the, uh, the uh, drawing, and we'll decide who's going to get what, okay? okay? Fair enough? Pretty simple. There's only three of us, so we'll be fine. Is it I see this one like Scott. No, it's not like David. It's like Scott. It's kind of like these two of them. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody been good? I see. Where should I put myself up there? I've got one of me that needs to be in the tent outfit. I haven't got there yet. 
All right, so listen. Okay, so just so you know, we're going to draw the name today. It's a $10 maximum. Okay, $10 maximum. So don't go crazy here, folks. Just a nice little gift to change, okay? $10. And please remember this is Secret Santa, not White Elephant. Okay? <laughs> try and, and buy appropriately. And then see me after the round of uh, search today, which is going to draw names, okay? And Crosby. So much my mother. My mother, whenever Christmas came around, she brought two of the Bean Crosby albums and played them. Um, it's albums, al vinyl albums. You know what? You made it. Do you want to talk a little bit this time, Don? No. <laughs> as he, as he continues to fall asleep. No. All right, guys, let's raise our dismissal.